welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. We are excited you're here, and uh, if your New Year's resolution was to keep watching this podcast, you're doing a great job. <laughs> All right, we're, we're we're three weeks in, and you guys are still with us. And uh, uh, I'm joking, obviously, but uh, we're really excited about helping you get traction on your life and uh, and dreaming with the Lord, which is what we're talking about today. But before we get into that, you know, the last couple of weeks we've given some practical things. I just wanted to review and add a little great quote here. Have you ever read much of Andy Andrews? Uh, I heard about him. Yeah, I, he, I don't read much of Andy Andrews. Any of you that are looking for just a great, practical, fun, creative uh, book to read, uh, I would recommend anything from Andy Andrews. But let me give you a little snippet. This is from his book called The Traveler's Gift. And, and I'm reading this just by way of review. Last week we talked about how important our beliefs are. Uh, in maintaining uh, transformation and change and accomplishing goals in our life. If you don't change what's on the inside, you're never going to see a different set of circumstances on the outside. But uh, this is, again, Andy Andrews' book called The Traveler's Gift. He says, the buck stops here. I accept responsibility for my past. I'm responsible for my success. I am where I am today, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially. Because of the decisions I have made, my decisions have always been governed by my thinking. Therefore, I am where I am today, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially, because of how I think. Mm -hmm. Today, I will begin the process of changing where I am, mentally, physically, <laughs> spiritually, emotionally, and financially, by changing the way I think. Wow. Th that quote has so much emphasis on ownership and personal responsibility it almost sounds foreign in our culture today where victimhood and, right. and blame shifting and i i would be different except this happened or that entitlement. happened uh, entitlement. i deserve this yeah yeah and i mean I, he just comes right out and says i am responsible and basically the the quality of my life goes mm -hmm. back Directly, at least in large part, to what I choose to believe. Is he like a comedian? He's kind of like a. You know, he, he's very funny. Yeah. But he's not a comedian. He's really an inspirational okay. kind of motivational speaker. But his story is phenomenal because he spent time living under a pier mm -hmm. in like Gulf Shores, Alabama, which is where uh, was always our vacation spot. But he mm -hmm. was at such a low point in his life personally of brokenness that he had no home. No money, no nothing, no family, and living, you know, living under a pier, homeless. Sure. And all of a sudden, he uh, had just an amazing, amazing encounter with the Lord and an encounter with, with him, his own self awareness, and he just started taking ownership for his life. And and now he's a he's a best selling author. I don't know how many million books he sold. He travels the world, and I think what gives him credibility, and we see that at Living Stones. You know, what gives a person credibility is like when Chris stood up Sunday and said, hey, I was a heroin addict, and now he's leading worship, and he's completely set free. Mm -hmm. Here's a guy that, that literally took no responsibility for any of those things and was living under a pier, and now he's a best-selling author. I just thought he had to overcome all kind of odds because his parents gave him that name. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. Andy Andrews. <laughs> and you think you had a bad... <laughs> 
I want to name my son. It's like your first name's Johnson. Well, I have Johnson, a Jonathan Johnson. Johnson yeah, so but that's not, not as bad. Yeah, all right. So I'm sorry. That's the only thing I think about my son's name. It's like, what was his parent thinking? We're going to give him a nickname so he's not that obvious. Sorry. All right, that was a side that was issue. Rehearsed. For any parents out there, just think about it, all right? Just think yeah, about think it. About it. Think about your first name for your kid and your last name. Uh, but Andrew is a good name. Yes, it is a great all, name. All as long well as your last name is not also Andrew. <laughs> I went to school with a girl. I hope she's not watching this podcast. But her, her yeah. name was Amy Amy. Her last name Amy? Last name was Amy. Amy Amy. Uh, I think that I think she married an Amy, which makes it all the more crazy. Wow! So you didn't see yeah. those are the, you know you normally want you know names not a huge consideration who you marry. In this case, I would be like, am I my well, daughter gonna ma- marry a? Yeah, that would that yeah. lead to a lot of awkward situations. Anyways, 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 anyways. So, <laughs> we offer it all on this podcast. Yeah, I mean we're just not narrowing the kind of help we provide. Yes. Uh, back to our p- power of belief, you know, um, we want to encourage people to work on, work on what you believe about yourself. And again, our scripture, we're talking about biblical worldview here. Who you are should flow out of who God says you are. And, uh, and, and God is always about taking ownership. And uh, uh, we're, we're never a defeatist, victim, entitlement. That's not, the kingdom of God is none of those things. So the first step to change is just you owning it and then beginning to change what you think about yourself. So yeah. if you didn't catch all of that, that was last week's podcast. But we're going to talk today about owning your dream. And what I think is really cool about being made in the image and likeness of God is the fact that even as God is the ultimate dreamer, creator, visionary, uh, I mean, he spoke all of this into creation. He designed us um, in, in great detail. Um, what I love about that is we have the ability as human beings to create with God and in a sense to get a God-given dream and to dream along and create a future that's different. Uh, you know, it's never been there, never never happened. Uh, we, we can uh, imagine. And I think, again, what, what's very important for, for maybe our listeners today is so, uh, you know, many people are stuck in the past with memories, and because they're stuck with painful memories, they're not able to look into the future and actually dream. Um, you know, the ability to imagine is is a gift from God, and I mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, like worry and things like that are really a perversion of a, of an incredible gift. Um, God wants us to have the freedom to to see farther, to look farther, dream farther, uh, imagine things uh, that are not you know, currently here. And to me, that's that's an amazing, amazing privilege that we have. Uh, and I think every person has to pause and, and say, how's my dreamer working, you know? Uh, I think we go through life and it's hard sometimes and we get caught in the mundane or we get caught in the moment or or we get caught in the, the child that's, you know, sick, uh, like you ran into last night and it kind of throws a monkey wrench into our whole world. And sometimes dreaming almost seems like it's a luxury, but really dreaming is a necessity. I have found that people who who don't dream just get lost in the mundane aspects of life. And I don't know about you, but when I don't have a dream that's a compelling dream and a vision in my life, it's almost like not worth getting out of bed in the morning. Like, you know, people get up, they eat breakfast, they go to work, they deal with all the problems, they come home, they deal with all the marriage problems, kid problems, life problems, bill problems, go to sleep and they do it all over again. That is a dreary, dreary existence, but many people are, are simply stuck going through the motions of life. Yeah, I, sometimes when I work with leaders or business leaders or church leaders or whatever, and 
sometimes people are really stuck in a rut yeah. or, you know, they're really feeling some burnout. I, I asked a simple question. I said, give me, tell me three things you're looking forward to. I'm not talking about like, I'm looking forward to when I become a gazillionaire or, right. or I'm looking forward when my company, you know. So kind of on the immediate horizon. Months. Just basic. Like, what are you looking for? Yeah, immediate. Like, I'm looking forward to a date night with my wife on Wednesday. Yeah. You know, I'm looking forward to sleeping on Saturday. You know, whatever. It's just something basic. <laughs> when often when people say, uh, I have really nothing I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I and mean, that to me is an indicator of some deeper things in the heart. Because like you said, you're stuck in the mundane. You're going from one thing to another. You are, you, the, your ability to, I mean, you are looking like right at the next step. I mean, I'm, we got to look at the next step, but yeah. every once in a while, we got to look up a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, I've even thought it, you know, we've been both been married for a season. We're not newlyweds. I think even in marriage, if you're not careful, you just fall into ruts. and yeah, especially like, kids. Yeah, what, you know, hey, honey, let's dream together again. You know, what what's what do we yeah. sense God's doing in our lives at this season? Right. What, what are our desires? What would you like to do? Uh, hey, what do we want to do on vacation this next summer with right. our kids? You know, I mean, just right. that dream keeps you excited and, and, and growing. And that is really important. Like my wife and I, because we have young kids and we just, you know, whatever, we haven't taken a real vacation and we haven't seen our family in a couple of years, just the travel situations. And we find ourselves stuck in a rut and feeling yeah. this almost... This almost like a little bit trapped of not being able the freedom to really relax. And we have to really fight hard to say, no, we are going to plan for something. We are going to have resources to figure out how to do that. Um, and sometimes you really have to fight for it because not because you're, you're lazy or whatever, simply because you're trying to be responsible, but right. that has its own pitfalls, right? You still have the drink in the midst of your stewardship of your restriction based on your responsibility yeah. to still drink. I think what you said was so good. You know, you're going to have the challenges that happen in life. and But the problem is if you don't have a dream that you're, you know, kind of the light at the end of the tunnel that you're really excited about, it seems like you're just living from, from one pitfall to the next, one challenge yeah. to the next, and it can become very demoralizing. So yeah. we're wanting to make your heart awaken again. And uh, and some of that comes from getting alone with the Lord. We're going to give you some practical things, but we're really not even just talking about dream like for a vacation. That that's nice. We do need to dream about uh, fun times away with our family or whatever. But how about this? How about what is it? What is the supernatural God inspired vision that He's put in your heart? You know, one of the the, the greatest pastors uh, of all time in terms of just sheer scope of his ministry was uh, Dr. Paul Young Gi Cho, uh, who pastored the largest church in the world in, in uh, South Korea. Um, I've been to that church, um, uh, famous for their intercessory prayer and so forth. But he, he was somebody who would access through prayer the presence of the Lord and really was uh, focused on, Lord, what is your dream for your church? And he would sit in the Lord's presence until that was clear. And he, he said this, he said, when vision comes, you're changed. You speak and act differently and you lead differently. Vision received from the Lord makes you a new person. And thankfully, we don't need to make the vision. I love this. The vision makes us. Isn't that good? When you, <clears throat> when you get a God-ordained uh, or God-inspired vision, you don't have to make it happen. Yeah. It makes you happen. Uh, in other words, you, you are carried along um, with the hand of God on your life and the blessing and the favor of God as you're pursuing that particular assignment that God's put in your life. And I don't know about you, but for me, the thing that's always kept my life fresh, my marriage fresh, my family fresh, everything, is the fact that 
I have a clear sense of my calling. Mm -hmm. And it's gotten foggy at different times. You know, sometimes you go through hard times, painful times, tiring times. Uh, sometimes the vision's like bright and clear, and sometimes I'm like, where did I put that vision? <laughs> you know, I yeah. can't find it. Um, but it's been that vision that has shaped who I am. Yeah, I think the vision also <laughs> keeps us keeps us growing. Here's the thing is we get stuck in our road. We get stuck in comfort. Comfort, we get stuck in our routines. Not even intentional. You just you get to a routine, you know. But what the because the vision is external from us. It's outside of our own understanding. It's from it's an outside <clears throat> source. It has the ability to push us and challenge us and shape us and push us to areas that we would never go on our own. Our own, like I'm not familiar with that. I'm not comfortable. With that. I'm not going to attempt that. But the vision is what drives us to that. Vision is what drives people to do mission work in places they don't know the language, they don't know the people. But the vision is what drives them. So they have to adapt. They have to learn. Vision is what drives others to start new businesses that they never, you know, attempted Absolutely. to or wanted to. And I think that's so refreshing about the external source that comes in and says, "I'm going to challenge whatever you have, the status quo, to bring you into new places." Look good. at life on Moses. Look at Abraham. Right? Oh, it's all driven by mission or so, vision. So here's a good question yeah. to think about: uh, How, if, I, if we could ask you, how important is it for you to maximize the remaining days of your life? Um, that kind of brings things into focus. You know, we're all at different seasons. Some of you may be young uh, listeners or viewers. Some of you might be my age. Some of you might be older. Uh, it seems like, you know, if I'll give an example. We just had a very dear uh, a man of God at our church uh, who everybody saw last Sunday doing what he does and uh, faithfully serving. And then on Monday, he unexpectedly went home to be with the Lord. Um, wow, it was such a shocker that it made it so many people go, wow, you know, I, I just talked to him yesterday. Um, and I think it's moments like that that cause us to go, you know, our lives should not be taken for granted. Yeah. Every day is precious. Every relationship is precious. Yeah. We don't usually live that way. But I think there's moments like that when we get a glimpse and it cause us to go, wow, you know, I, I, need to, I need to examine the time that I have left. And, how, and I love this question again. How important is it to maximize the remaining days of your life? You know, it's interesting when, when you look in the Bible— uh, a negative example of this is Satan. In, in Revelations chapter 12, it, it basically says, because Satan knows that his days are limited, mm -hmm. he is releasing, uh, he, he's living his vision of, of destruction and pain and misery and suffering. He, he is maximizing and being very intentional and aggressive. In fact, it says he's, he's acting with great fury and that that fury intensifies as he knows his days get shorter and shorter. Uh, look on the positive side of that. You you mentioned, uh, I believe it was Moses and David, a couple great examples. This is what David said in Psalm 39, verse 4. O Lord, make me know the end and what is the measure of my days, and let me know how fleeting I am. I think that kind of captures how we felt this past week with the passing of a dear friend. Wow, you know, life is short. It, life flies by. David saying, help me be aware of this so I can maximize my life. Mm -hmm. And you talked about Moses. Um, what a great example for Moses. This is uh, Psalm chapter 90, uh, verse 12 and, and 17. Moses prays, uh, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And then he says, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. There's two parts of that verse I'd, I'd like to, mm -hmm. to talk about this morning. The first one is the, the numbering of our days. And 
this is something I, I know you major on. You work with mentoring business leaders. Uh, I, I think one of your skill sets is helping people move from point A to point B and really accomplish things. Um, and you can't do any of that until, you know, numbering of days means, you know what, I only have so many. And so how am I going to use each one strategically to get from point A to point B, which is the fulfillment, you know, of the vision that God has yeah. for me. Um, so numbering of the days is important. But the second part here is important too, establishing uh, the work of our hands, which to me speaks of legacy. Mm. Um, I want to know that what, you know, sometimes people are very busy, but they're not productive. Mm -hmm. Are we busy with things that matter? Are we busy with things that are leaving legacies or are we just busy? And sometimes I think just being busy is is a cover up for a man or woman who doesn't really have a clear vision. No, that's a that's a great point. I, I've talked to, just from a business standpoint, I've talked to guys who work their butt off. And, and I know this is not a great example, but this yeah. is a example I'll ask. I know you work really hard, a lot of hours, but did you make money? I'm not sure. Because you can work really hard and you don't know your numbers now. You don't know if you're profitable. Okay, that's, so, trans that's, so a, that's, a, physical, that's a physical so you, example. Yeah, you work for a purpose, and that purpose, purpose especially if you own a business, mm -hmm. is profit. And yeah. profit is godly. There's nothing wrong with it. In right. fact, if you're spending all this time working and you make no money... You know, you're you're not gonna be in business very long because you you're, you're not clear of the parameters, and because right. it's not like you're not working hard, but you you might accept a job that the profit margin is too low, or you know you made some mistakes, so you had to backtrack. Whatever reason is, is we lose vision, we lose sight of those clear marks of what is profitability. Right. So in the, the day, you you work really hard, you have great cash flow, but the year in the year when you do your taxes or beginning when you do the taxes, you realize, uh, I actually did not make any money this year. That's not a good feeling to have, right? At that point, you better go back to the drawing board and begin to ask these we questions. Yeah. Okay, so that's like the physical manifestation. Let's look at the spiritual manifestation. Yeah. Like we could be very busy doing a lot of activity. We can even rally a lot of people, right? right. But in the, the day, what is the fruit that God requires of us? Right? And, and that vision helps you define reality. Yeah. Because the vision helps you sort out the important from the less important. It's not that things aren't important. It's just that things are less important. And, and that's, I think, where eternity comes in and where a biblical worldview comes in. It helps, it helps clear the fog. You know, in light of eternity, like how important are, are my kids and their relationship with the Lord? It's like really important. In light of eternity, how important is my marriage? In light of eternity, how important is how I'm spending my time? Uh, when people matter and souls matter and and uh, and, and eternity is, is get, getting closer. You know, the, the, the Bible talks about uh, uh, your redemption draweth nigh, you know, to use the old King James. In other words, we're getting closer and closer. Christ's return is nearer than it ever has been. These are the these are realities, kind of pillars that, that have always been a part of a believer's life that help us sort out the important from the lesser important. Yeah, and, and, and uh, I think this is where the per personal assignment from God, the intimate relationship walk, is so important because everyone's you know there's some general assignments, a great commission, everyone's responsible for that, bear fruit, absolutely. But there's also personal assignments that God's given every single person, right. and that's that can't be replaceable because your personal assignment is going to be different from mine, different from Matt's. But the idea is you're accountable for your personal assignment, right? right. So, so, so you got to know the Lord. You got to know your mission, or you got to know your vision that God's given you, so you can make sure that you're profitable in that mission. Yeah, yeah. Important questions, and you know, even yeah. uh, relationally, 
my heart, I, you know, as our church is growing, I love everybody. I, I generally do. I loved, I would love to know everybody's story. I, yeah. I try to go around and hug and connect with as many people as I can before, after, in between, during service, you know. Uh, we were here Sunday till about 3 o'clock doing that. Uh, so, uh, but we love it. But I have to constantly ask the question, since I can't have that kind of relationship with everyone, who are the people who I should be investing you know, my life in? Mm -hmm. Those are hard questions, um, but important questions. And obviously, uh, number one, Jesus. Number two, your wife. And if you're married and kids, uh, your family. And then number three is when we spread out to our realm yep. of friends, work relationships, yep. uh, just social friendships, whatever it is. Yep. Um, but trying to keep those things in order so nothing's suffering, that's a challenge. Now, um, here's a great, you know, I love, I love uh, the strength you have of saying, okay, let's get practical. And you do that on a regular basis with leaders. Um, here's one of those practical transitions, all right, when it comes to dreams. Um, this is a great question. If you're watching, just write this question down and spend some time uh, meditating on this before the month ends. Okay, here's the question. One of my dreams is to fill in the blank. That's, it seems so basic, but many people would struggle with with just saying one of my dreams is and filling in the blank. Mm -hmm. So start getting alone where you can clear your head and you be quiet and get with the Lord and and ask yourself that question. And this is what I found is great when you're sitting there with an open mind before the Lord. Um I believe it was Bob Beale who taught this. It only takes two minutes. Get, put the timer on two minutes. And in two minutes, that's all the time you're given, begin to write just what immediately comes into your heart. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing the clarity that will come uh, in 120 seconds. Uh, it does not have to be hours. Just take the time, quiet place, quiet your heart, ask the question, and begin writing. Mm -hmm. uh, now, another great assignment, and I've done this before with a group of, of leaders, is you get a blank sheet of paper, come up with four columns. The first column is accomplish, what, uh, things to accomplish. Second column, what you want to become. This is more personal transformation. Third column, what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Fourth column, what you want to have in terms of possessions or mm -hmm. whatever. So accomplishments, what you want to become, what you want to do, and what you want to have over, say, the next 10 years. And then again, set a time. <laughs> And basically say go and just start just start writing. It was amazing to me when I first did this assignment how my dream was, uh, for lack of a better word, constipated. Mm -hmm. I, I had certain things that came to my mind instantly. I had certain big things like I want my life to glorify God. Well, that's great, but what does that look like? Yeah. And then when it came to specific things, I found that in certain areas of my life, I really had very undeveloped dreams in other areas of my life, I had very narrow dreams, and overall, I was pretty stuck, and wasn't. I found that I wasn't much of a dreamer, and and I needed to ask the Lord to help free me up to see more clearly and to, and to be able to get my my dreamer dreaming again. Because <laughs> uh, as we said, there's there's dire consequences when you have lost the ability to dream. Um, Psalm 20, verse 4, this is a great prayer. May he, the Lord, grant you the desires of your heart and may he fulfill all your plans. So desires are important and plans are important. And maybe you could take us into the, the remaining part of this podcast because I want us to talk about owning the dream. 
Yeah. And some practical aspects. Once you get that dream and you kind of get the, the flow again, right. um, then how do we own it? Yeah, I think it ties back to the beginning of our podcast, which is at the end of the day, you, a lot of times we feel like these dreams, we call them dreams, okay? even the word dream. Like when you think about dream, you think about something that's happened when you're sleeping, right? It's like <laughs> right. a pipe dream, right? Mystical, ethereal. Mystical. It's yeah. like almost like if you have the perfect luck and the perfect uh you know, coincidence and a perfect chess piece fall in the right places that you might get to it. And that's what we think about dreams. But that's actually not how successful and accomplished people think about right. dreams. They don't really call it a dream, they call it a plan. They plan to happen. Right. Because they understand the power of ownership and the power of planning and the power of execution. And they strategize to accomplish. That's the difference. You know, I look at somebody like you know, like an Elon Musk or somebody yeah. who's very accomplished. And I'm like, okay, is he that much more talented than your normal, you know, guys like myself or whoever? Is it really just about talent or like maybe he was born, well, I don't know his backstory, whatever. Yeah. But then as I learned about leaders and observed leaders, I recognize the distinguishing factor. Talent does have a factor. Absolutely. I mean, I can play basketball as hard as I want. I would never be able to be as good as LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Talent does matter. So I'm not saying talent doesn't matter. But what matters so much more than talent is your mindset. And I truly, truly believe that. And I used to hear these inspirational statements. I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. In the day, just, it's the talent. No, after years and years of working with leaders, studying leaders, reading books, reading leadership books of test studies, of business studies, right. I realized it really isn't about talent. Right. It's about your mentality to say, do I really believe I, my decision can lead me to this dream? Because if in the day you don't believe your decisions can lead to the dream, it's a nice idea. Right. When, when the rubber meets the road, when things get busy, when things get tough, you're going to abandon it because you still think it's up to chance. Right. I have no control over right. that. But the truly successful, accomplished people recognize, you know what? I have what it takes. I have been given the stewardship to be able to accomplish that. I truly believe that. Therefore, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice leisure. I'm going to sacrifice money. I'm going to sacrifice resource to work towards it because going back to our original statement by Andy Andrews, right? right. I, I'm in ownership of that. I can accomplish that. And that is a huge mental factor. Yeah. You know? We've all been in settings where people are brainstorming or there's always the person with the great idea, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody should do that. Um, and the statement somebody should uh, literally means nobody will. Uh, because somebody should, you haven't defined the somebody yet, and we haven't really talked about what the should is and what it looks like, and then therefore it means that great idea just kind of went up into uh, outer well, space because there, there's no ownership. Yeah, on. and there's a, there is a moderation to that too. I mean, your dream also needs to fit <clears throat> your skill set, your talent level, and, and that's where experience comes in. That's why when people are younger, they have these dreams, and I look at them like that. You know, you need to be tempered a little bit. As, but as we get older, you realize, man, now you have some very realistic. When I say realistic, I don't mean they're not lofty. They're lofty, but they're catered to your taste, to your passion, to your talent. Um, and they become very, very coherent dreams. But but then you got to break those dreams down. Here's the key. You got to break those dreams down into practical, measurable, accountable steps. And that is like the part that nobody likes to talk about, right? Ouch. So there is the difference between strategy and, and, and tac uh, tactical steps. Right. And people get those two things confused, right? If it's the strategy, if you, you use sports analogy for all those people who don't watch, I'm sorry. But you know, <laughs> when you go and play a team for the championship, yeah. the strat the, oh, there's an overall strategy. Like overall strategy is limit on turnovers, plan. a game plan. But then within like football, within each play, 
you have a tactical play. This is our defensive play. We're going to go for the blitz or we're going to go for the Hail Mary, whatever. Those are the tactical play. Strategy itself is not enough. You still got to call the plays in the middle of the plays, right? You can't just like, we have all the game plan. Our goal is to keep our turnovers uh, down. Yeah. Go. We're not going to call any plays. You, that's not going to work, right? right? We're not going to look at the clock. But, but if not, you don't run any plays, you can't have any turnovers. Right. <laughs> it's not a very realistic but strategy. That, that's ridiculous from a sports standpoint. But right. a lot of times with dreams, what we do is we have this ta- we have this big strategy so session. Give, so give us give us. You're working with leaders all the time. Give us a real life. Okay. Example. So I want to I want I want to start a business. Say that I want to start. I have this great talent. That sounds so sexy, by the way, because when you when someone <laughs> says I want to run my own business, all they're thinking of is dollar sign. They yeah. think if I run my own business, I can call my own shots, I can do my own thing, and I'll be a gazillionaire. But it yeah. doesn't quite work out that well, way. Well, I just saw a video yesterday with Patrick Lindstrom. Yeah, I share with some business guys that um, basically he's like, if you want to go into business for economic reasons, you're in the, you're in there for the wrong reason. If you are going to be a leader, okay, you are always going to be on the opposite side of the economics. Because you are always going to give more than you receive, period. I mean, you might, and it might not just be money, it's time, energy, and whatever. So if you are not there for a responsibility, you're there for economics, don't be a leader. <clears throat> I love that from a high level, Patrick Linsonioni, as you said that. And I was just like, wow, this is such That's a good, good reminder for young leaders that, hey, before you do that, I, this example I gave is, hey, nobody wants to go volunteer to storm the Normandy right. because they want a bad, a purple heart later. Right. That's not their motivation. <laughs> yeah, they're they're going to go potentially lay their lives down. There's a high thought. chance you're going to die, or you're going to come home maimed, yeah. right? So, so if someone says, "I want to go store Normandy because I can't wait to come home and have a purple badge," <laughs> all the all the press I'm going to get, and you think accolades. that person's crazy, right? Well, this is not as extreme, but if someone says, "I want to be a leader because I want the flexibility, I want the props, I want the money." I'll say you're there for the wrong reason. You're going to yeah. be sorely disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, they haven't counted the cost. Well, a kingdom leader, at least a kingdom yeah. leader. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love this yeah. quote, and uh, I think it, we can relate. The problem is people want to rent a vision. They don't want to buy it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that is so true. You know, when you're, you can sign a lease, see how it works out, right? Um, but the problem is if you're going to be successful with that dream or that, that vision, you've got to own it. And that means the good days, the bad days. Uh, yeah, when the furnace breaks down, yeah. guess what? You don't get the call to the landlord. you got to go fix it yourself, you know? When the pipes, you know, bat sewage back up, that's on you, you know? Absolutely. I've been an owner and a renter. You know, I, I, I've rent out property, so I understand that different. But that's a great example because owning your vision means you have to come up with the practical steps. You have to get on an Excel spreadsheet. You have to say, hey, what is marketability? What what is what is how much can I sell this for? I mean, those are the practical steps, the tactical steps you gotta put in to accomplish any yeah. any dream, any vision. And, and you know, back to the, the quote from Andy Andrews, which was so emphasizing, you know, personal responsibility. Um, I think the reason people should embrace responsibility and see it as such a positive thing mm-hmm. is because every time I blame somebody else for what's not happening in my dream, I'm basically absolving myself from responsibility, which means I'm also resolving myself from any ability to respond, mm-hmm. which means I become a victim. And there's there's nothing worse than having a big dream and you're completely paralyzed because, I, you know, it's that person didn't do this and, and I didn't get this. Yep. Yeah, you know, I mean, what a sad thing to have this incredible vision and then realize you're just... A blob, you know. Life happens. You're a victim. You can't control it. It's everybody else's fault. Yeah. But when you own it, 
then there's a sense that I can respond properly. And when I respond properly, I get different outcomes. And when I get different outcomes, I can move forward. And I mean, it's liberating, really, but it is hard work. It's so much easier to just, you know, sit on the sidelines and watch life go by and watch other people become successful. And then you just blame everybody and be miserable all your life. And the reason I know what you said is true is because I have been in both seats. I've been the seat of person who who is disappointed that things don't go my way in my dream and sit there as a victim. And I also been the person who sees someone else do that and now I'm a third person perspective. Right. And th this is how I know what you just said is true is because when I'm sitting in that seat and being a victim and feel like people let me down, blah, 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 I genuinely authentically feel like I'm a victim. I feel like people did me wrong. I feel like I'm out of control. I feel like there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Now, when I sit in the other seat, when my emotions are not in it, I genuinely look at this person genuinely. If I'm out of saying, you are being a victim right now, get up. You still got so much work to do. You still have so much potential. Yep. How could both of those things be true at the same time? They can't. It's your perspective. That's why in the middle of us losing hope, getting whatever, we need friends and outside perspective to come and say, hey, I know you feel that way because I've been that way before. But that's not all your friends around you for the outside perspective. They know you're wrong. You are not a victim. You have so many resources around you. Get up off that seat and come see our perspective. Because you did it for me when I was a victim before, and I'm going to do it for you right now. Well, that is so true. That happens. I've seen that over and over again. So that now when I'm in that seat, I almost a little bit be able to see, okay, I know there's a guy looking at me right now. I'm not going to go talk to other people because I know they're going to come and chew me out. That's a level of self-awareness we need, right? But, but that's genuine friendship. Yes. As people that are willing to tell you the truth. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, that's the other thing. Sometimes people are like, well, I wish I had friends like that. Do you really? Um, yeah, you don't invite people into that, right? Because are you really willing for people to tell you the truth? Yep. Do you really want to be challenged? Uh, do you really want people to say, hey, quit making excuses? You yeah. know, I, I've heard this from you the last three times we've met. Um, you know, sometimes we have people in the church that have been poured into for years. And again, we never give up on people. But the point is, how many how many encounter weekends, for instance, do you, right. you know, you're, you're, right. you're an encounter junkie. Right. How many personal counseling sessions do you need? You know, like when when are you going to change what you think, and when are you yeah. going to begin to apply the Word of God? When are you going to begin to get a dream for your life? And when are you going to? Yeah. yeah, okay, your past was hard. Yeah, you you did you had this went wrong and that went wrong, and your parents got divorced. And I mean, life's full of all yeah. those things. But at some point, where does Jesus come in and? And where does the, where the power of the gospel to change? And where do good friends just say, come on, let's move forward. Right. Um, you have all this big vision. I want to be this man of God, woman of God, blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's the tactical. Like, hey, get up in the morning and spend time with God before you get a word. Clear your mind. Get your mind straight. Yeah. That's the tactical steps. Like, here's a tactical step. Don't look at pornography. Or put a guard on your computer. Here's a tactical step, right? Or, or get rid of your computer. Get rid of your computer. I mean, you know, you know, whatever it is. Drastic steps to do yeah. whatever it takes to change. But the tactical is the meat day-to-day grind that you have to accomplish. And sometimes people get lost in those things and they feel powerless because they can't accomplish this vision. I'm like, hey, let's focus on the basic steps. Yeah. So, so here's the formula. If you have passion yeah. without a plan, you're going to have pain. Um, it's not, nothing's more painful than to have a big vision and not figure out how you're going to move there. Yep. You're, you're going to be frustrated, and, and it's going to be a painful existence. Yep. So uh, so first of all, I think takeaways from today, get with the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to, to awaken the dream inside of you. You're not going to be able to dream and imagine a better future if you're still stuck in your past. So a lot of what we do here at Living Stones is to help people 
bring the past out to the light, deal with those painful areas, get your heart healed so that you can dream again. So, but, but when you're able to start dreaming again, that's just the first step because then, as we said, we gotta have a plan to get there and you gotta continue to work with your mind and what you believe so that your mind doesn't sabotage, and as we talked about last week, and run around. And if your dreams are like balloons, and your mind's not changed, you keep popping the very balloons. One minute you're blowing up the balloon and inflating the balloon, and the next minute you're popping it because you're still, you haven't dealt with your, your thought processes. So this is really, really good. Have passion, get your heart awakened, develop a plan, and then begin to work that plan out. And don't do it by yourself. Surround yourself with some good people who will love you, tell you the truth, help keep you grounded. You know, some people are out flying in the sky with their dreams. Some, some people need to reach up, pull our legs, put us back on the ground yeah. and, and help us see reality and help us see ourselves the way we need to, to, to see ourselves. And the only thing I want to add to that is, you know, I don't really know any dreams that can be accomplished by one person. If it's a big dream, certainly. I mean, unless your dream is like, I want to go on vacation, which is a great dream. Yeah, yeah sure, just you go on yeah. vacation. But I'm talking about if you want to accomplish anything, there's literally, I have not seen one that can be done alone. In fact, God has always called us to collaborate with other people. Yeah. Because there are parts of the dream you just cannot do. And he designed you to find the other person who's been given that other portion of the dream to come together. And this is the place where there's requires tremendous humility. Yeah. God almost ingrained in us that we need to be humble to accomplish our dream because you just can't do it yourself. Yeah. You need other parts. You might be great at strategy, but you're terrible at, ta at tactics. So you need someone who comes along and says, hey, I'm going to break down your big vision. How many Small times steps. have you seen this with entrepreneurs? There are some who have, some are great with their hands. They're, like, they're great doing the actual work, mm -hmm. but they're really bad at all the details, the administrative parts oh, of it. Yeah. Or some people, again, they're hands-on, or, or they're, maybe they're great salespeople, and man, they can create all kinds of business, but then they don't have the team around them to actually execute whatever it is that their product or their, their service is. Right. It's like, it's, all this is about team. It's all about different giftings. It's all about how God's wired us. And I think the Lord has designed it so that we have to be interdependent, and we have to collaborate, we have to work we have together. To. We have to, we have um, to. And that's one of the secrets I learned, because the whole self-isolation thing Man, it just doesn't work. And and when you are, you feel like you have to do everything on your own. There's a degree of insecurity, and there's identity issues involved. Blindness, blind, yeah, I mean, uh, blind spots yeah. that you don't have, and and it just doesn't work. So invite others, but you got to find the right people too. So I mean, that's a whole thing. But my point is, hey, invite other people who don't who have strength that you don't have to help you collaborate in your dreams. That's good. That's so huge. practical, being practical again. We got. A men's encounter coming up, a women's encounter coming up. This this Saturday morning, we have a, a women's event with over 200 women. If you don't, if you're trying to build relationships, this is a great way to build relationships. We have life groups meeting right now all over the region. These are these are small gatherings where you can be seen and known and loved and encouraged. Uh, uh, I mean. Everything about our ministry, we have a market share gathering uh, for those Which that are is, working in the market. It's great networking, people that get to know people with like-minded, and you know, people got to build a lot of collaboration through through that. Yeah. Seeing a lot of the great fruit was people collaborating together. I'm like, awesome, I didn't even know about that, that's great. Every Sunday morning, three services to come, and I, it's amazing how between the worship and the word and fellowship, it, it's a great cure for stinking thinking and you know be, being depressed and feeling like you got no hope yeah. uh, so we encourage you work on your dream help let let other people help speak into your life and help clarify your dream and help support you in your journey yeah. so anyway most of all spend some time with God this week he loves you he created you on purpose 
Uh, he has a dream that he wants to see accomplished through your life, and you've been uniquely designed by him uh, for that purpose. So spend time with the Lord, uh, and we also love to hear your feedback. We love to, to, to hear your dreams and uh, be a part of, uh, of your journey. So give us some feedback on this podcast if it's helpful. And as always, like it and share it. Uh, spread the news far and wide uh, so that we can help get the word out. Uh, uh, about the podcast if it's helpful to you. I know it'll be helpful to other people. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll look forward to seeing you next Thursday.